and, and he uh, loved water. Anything with water, anything he could make happen, he, he just loved, he was fascinated by it. And so he, he, he taught me the art of flushing a toilet and then just watching it. And, and for Spencer, he was fascinated with the way water looks. So, so um, people with autism, generally, you know, they're getting more um, um, senses coming in at them. We're, we're good. Our, our minds typically block out a lot of stimuli, um, and, and we kind of focus on what's in front of us. And, and people with autism, they get a lot more of that coming in. They're, they're able to focus and see a whole lot more um, sometimes than we are. And, and so for, for Spencer, water is like one of the most fascinating things that you could ever possibly look at. If you think about it, I mean, it, it kind of is, right? I mean, he would turn the faucet on, he'd flush the toilet. But I mean, we sit in front of oceans, right? I mean, we, we, we feel peaceful in front of a, a little waterfall, a little fountain, the sound of water and, and, and watching how the light plays off of it. And Spencer taught me to, to slow down and, and, and be thankful for water that can go in a circle. Now, maybe you're not thankful for how it looks when you flush a toilet, but I know we're all thankful for the ability to flush a toilet, right? That only has to be taken away for you, from you for, for a couple of days before you realize what a gift that is. What are you grateful for? What are the small things in your life that, that, that maybe you... Um, take for granted that, that maybe you are, are not aware of just how big of a gift they are. We're in a sermon series on, on gratitude. And, and last week we started by, by looking throughout the scriptures and seeing just how big of a role gratitude is supposed to play in the lives of Christians. Throughout the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, we are, as God's children, commanded over and over and over and over again to be grateful, to give thanks to live lives of gratitude that, that see the world around us as a gift and to appreciate that gift. We talked about even the, the kind of changes that happen in our life when we are thankful, when we're grateful. It's really hard to be grateful and bitter. It's really hard to be grateful and have regrets. It's really hard to be grateful and be angry or stressed. The more grateful you are, usually the more joyful and more peaceful the more secure you are, the stronger you are, the more certain you are of, of God's love and, and his protection over you in your life. We talked about how powerful gratitude was for our lives and then how toxic it can be, how, how dangerous ingratitude can be if we become complainers and whiners and if all of life becomes an obstacle to us, if all of life becomes a hassle, something that's in our way. And so, so this morning, um, you know, last week I said that one thanks when things are going well is worth probably, you know, less than, or, or one thanks when things are not going well, it's, it's worth less than a thousand thanks when things are going well, right? I mean, the key to gratitude usually for a lot of us is not how, how are we grateful when things are going good, but how are we grateful when things are going bad? But then I, I sat back this week and I was like, no, that's wrong, actually. How many of us have great situations around us and still are not grateful for them? How many of us are so blessed, myself included, and have so many gifts around us every day? And it's not necessarily the problem that I'm not grateful even during the hard times. It's that even during the good times, sometimes I don't realize all the gifts that I have. I take things for granted. I don't give thanks for them. So this morning I want to talk about being grateful for creation. I mean, to say that God is our creator means that we're grateful for, for everything that is and we recognize it as a gift from a good God. So if you have your Bible, flip with me to Psalm 104. A little poem, Psalm 104. Beautiful 
song we have here in the scriptures, you're going to see a psalmist write a song about the things he's thankful for, about his heart of gratitude. And it's very interesting the things he chooses to focus on, the things he chooses to point out. Psalm 104, verse 1, reads like this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. He set the earth on its foundation so that it would never be moved. He, he covered it with the deep as with a garment. And the waters, they stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took flight. The mountains rose and the valleys sank down to the place that you had appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they might not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them, the birds of the heavens dwell. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. Let that sink in. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of God's work. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate that that he may bring forth fruit from the earth and, and juice to... No, I'm sorry. Um, juice to, um, wine uh, to gladden the heart of man. That's not right. I'm gonna, that might be a translation thing. Wine to gladden the heart of man. Oil to make his face shine and bread to, to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord, they're watered abundantly. The cedars of Lebanon that he planted. And then the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the, the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. You made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. You made darkness, it's night, when all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions, they roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. And when the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom have you made all of them. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. Verse 28, when you give it to them, they gather it up and, and, and watch this. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When creation opens its hands, they're filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. And may the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I'll sing to the Lord as long as I live. I'll, I'll sing praises to my God while I have being. And may my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Here we have a a, a song of praise, a song of gratitude. And, and, And you see the psalmist is giving thanks for creation. 
He's giving thanks for very specific and particular things that that maybe never would come up on our list if we were thinking about all the things that we're grateful for. He's thankful for rock badgers. I don't know what those are, but I guess I'm thankful for them too. He's thankful for the the mountain goats. He's thankful for for the waters being where they are and for the mountains and the valleys. And he's thankful for the grass growing. He's thankful for the the animals being fed. He says all all of creation, when, when they are given um, the open hands of God. They're, they're given good gifts. They receive good gifts. And I think one of the keys to being grateful, one of the keys to gratitude, one of the, the most important steps is the ability to open up our eyes to the things around us and rediscover a sense of wonder, a sense of awe. I think there's so many things around us in the world and in our lives They're so marvelous and so remarkable, but yet we so often take them for granted. We so often just zoom right by them every day without thinking about it. And and a gift, a good gift given, you give someone a gift in order to bless them. And and just because they don't recognize it as a gift doesn't mean necessarily they don't have the gift, but it does mean that it loses its power. It doesn't accomplish what it was supposed to accomplish. And so it is with God's gifts. He gives us all these good gifts. And even if we don't recognize it, that doesn't mean the gifts aren't there, but it does mean we're robbed of, of this spiritual power that, that, that's available to us if we live lives of gratitude. I mean, how, how many of us truly think about and dwell on how remarkable it is that you exist? That we exist? That the world exists? I mean, you're being your very being is, is really a really remarkable fact. You didn't choose to exist, and you don't continue to choose to exist. That's a gift from God. In this psalm, it's, it's interesting, he, he talks about causality. He says the grass grows because God makes it grow. The, 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 the beasts, the lions, they eat because God feeds them. These are things that we would think just naturally happen, Right? No, the grass grows because that's what grass does. And the animals get fed because that's what animals do. But the psalmist says, no, everything that's happening around us is a continual gift from God. He creates, and then also at every second, at every moment, in every place, he continues to sustain. He continues to give gifts to his creation. And for us to be grateful would would require us to open up our eyes and, and recover a sense of wonder and awe at the things that are around us. You know, he mentions the food that we eat, the, the wine that gladdens our hearts. You know, you have this, this kind of prohibition era type of, of Christianity that's very conservative and, and kind of very scared of, of alcohol and, and some of the negative effects it can have. And then you can fast forward to, to kind of my age group and, and it gets to be, you know, in, in certain circles where like, if you don't drink beer at, at pubs, how could you possibly love God, right? And there's these two these two like pendulums, and I think it's, maybe it's human nature, we just switch from pendulum to pendulum, right, from, from one side to the other side. But here's the psalmist saying, thank you for wine. And notice he doesn't like rationalize it like we would if we were on Facebook, we'd be like, I just do it for the health benefits, right? A glass of red wine every night, I don't enjoy it, <laughs> I'm not a sinner, I, I, it's for my heart, <laughs> being a steward of my body. No, he says, uh, it makes me feel happy. Makes you feel good. And you give thanks to God for it. How many of the things in our life don't have to be, but they are 
And, and yet we don't always give God thanks for them. We don't always feel this deep-seated sense of gratitude for them. You did not have to exist, but, but you also didn't have to exist here with the people that you exist with, with the parents that you had, with the, the different blessings you've been given in life. Think about life itself, so, so wine and food. It's possible for you and I to eat, to be nourished, to be recharged without getting pleasure in it. So we, we could theoretically, right, just like plug into a wall, like a, a battery every night, right, and get recharged. We could just be a mechanical thing. Or we could have like tails and plug into a tree, avatar style or something, I don't know. Right, it, the point is it doesn't have to be that way. But God in creation comes up with this idea. They, they have to eat to sustain themselves and to keep staying alive. And I'm gonna build taste buds, I'm going to create taste buds so that the very act of eating would inherently be pleasurable to them. It doesn't have to be. God in his, his beautiful wisdom gives us this gift that even in the act of staying alive, we'd, we'd find pleasure. Or, or think of the act of reproducing. Once again, um, reproducing, ha- having offspring and children and grandchildren, it could just be a mechanical thing. I mean, it could just be something you go to the doctor for and, and, and press a button. You'll notice that storks are mentioned here. Okay, so this is out of the psalm. God in his, his, his creative, wise activity, though, says, no, even the act of reproducing, I'm going to make one of the most pleasurable things that a human being can experience. It didn't have to be that way. But our world has been created to be full of so much joy and so much pleasure. I got a little extra preacher here this morning. I like it. <laughs> it took me like four years of preaching to be that comfortable <laughs> standing in front of people. What's up, buddy? How are you? <laughs> I ruined it now. <laughs> That's right. It's all about opening up your eyes, right, to the, to the world around you. The problem is not that we'll ever run out of gifts to notice and appreciate. The problem is that we, we, we just lose the intentionality. I mean, if we actually opened up our eyes and, and started paying attention, we would never run out of things to be thankful for. All of the, the little things, the blessings that are in our, our lives. I mean, you can look at nature, and, and the psalmist looks at nature. And even from young age, we're taught to marvel at nature, to receive it as a gift. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. The, all the adults knew that. The children were like, I don't know. That's not me. I'm too old for this. <laughs> it's a diamond in that song, right? It's not a missile. It's not, it's not something that's destructive or something that's unknown to be feared, right? It's something to be wondered over. Something to, be, to lay under and go, wow, how beautiful, how majestic. And think, think of the world around us. Think of what happens when we pay attention to, to things that, that we normally just walk right past. Like, like a bird. Uh, Elizabeth, our office manager, has been teaching me how to, to bird watch. She, she knows the names of some of the local birds. And, and we get some really beautiful birds out here around the, the church. Some, some red birds and blue birds. I don't know if those are the names, but they're red and they're blue. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, 
your laughter, I feel like it's making fun of me, but I'll take it as more like a solidarity thing. <laughs> Redbirds and bluebirds are our thing, right? Yeah. Thank you, Adriana. Yeah. I don't know if they're a thing here, but they're a thing. But right, I, I could just, just zoom out to my car in a hurry, stressed out, looking at the next thing to do. Or I could choose to open up my eyes and see this beautiful creature who I didn't create. I had nothing to do with. I'm not sustaining it. I didn't bring it here. There's a beauty there to be appreciated. There's a, there's a, a, there's a, a joy to experience watching it take flight. Uh, we were out canvassing the, the neighborhood for the block party, inviting people, and I was out with Matt and Sophie, two of our, our college students, and, and we were knocking on doors, and they had split off and, and were on one side of the neighborhood, and I was on the other side, and, and I was walking up to the door to, to, to hand out a card and invite someone, and on the little walkway up to the door, there are some shrubs on each side, and there's a big spider web in the middle, and I don't do spiders, um, and, and there's this huge spider web, so they didn't get a card or an invitation. <laughs> it's God's sign, I think. Um, but as I walked up to it, I, I noticed in the middle of that spider web, there was this, like, it looked like a shell, and it was spiky all the way around it, maybe like this big, and it was white, but it, it had black, like, dots on it. It looked like someone had drawn a face on it, like the back. It looked like a hermit crab shell almost um, that, that someone had, like, painted on, if you've seen that. And I, like, kind of walked up to it, like, this is, thinking it was like a Halloween decoration. And then it moved. It was a spider. And I ran, and then I was like, Matt, Sophie, you got to get over here, come, come see this. Matt, take my phone, go take a picture. I mean, it was amazing. I've never seen a spider like that. Every little thing in our lives, if we really took the time to look at it, to ponder its complexity, has the potential to create this sense of wonder and awe and marvel in our hearts. But again, we, we so often just rush from one thing to another. Nature, when we open up our eyes and discover our sense of wonder, creates a sense of gratitude in our hearts. Relationships. We had the puppies here yesterday at the block party, and, and just about everybody, I think, spent at least five or ten minutes just drooling over the puppies. I mean, it's hard. I don't know. You could be a really evil person, but, but I don't understand how you could not just see these cute little puppies, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm just happy to be alive right now because they're alive right now and they're right in front of me. And anyone who has a, a pet, right, that has that special bond knows the joy that can come from relationships to, to animals that God has created and relationships with, with other people. How often do we skip past the complexity of another person? And, and the, the sense of wonder and awe that another person exists and that they have this relationship with you and they make these sacrifices so that you would find joy and, and find happiness. Or our experiences. How often do we experience something, an emotion or, 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 or given a gift or a blessing and instead of being thankful for it, we, we just take it for granted. We feel like we're entitled to it. We feel like we, we worked for it and so it's, it's due to us not giving thanks to the God who gave us the ability to work for it and the opportunity to, to put our ability to work into action and, and, and reap those blessings and benefits, our senses, taste, touch, and smell. To be grateful is to realize that God is creator and we're creatures and that all of life from top to bottom, from beginning to end is a gift. 
And the only thing hindering our ability to receive it as a gift and to feel the joy and the peace that comes along with that is whether we'll slow down and pay attention, whether we'll marvel over it. Gratitude, I think, is a a discipline. It's something that, that we have to kind of, like a muscle, we have to exercise it. We have to stretch it. I said last week, I don't think it's another like to-do list item. I, I think it's, it's kind of a perspective, right? It's, it's just a way of living, but, but it's a way of living that unfortunately is so unnatural to some of us. We're, we're so used to um, just being so fast-paced and, and so focused on the next thing that, that everything in the now is, is a hassle, is an annoyance. And, and, and we, we get into these habits where we just focus and dwell on all the negative things in our lives and, and all the, the different problems that, that, that might be present there. But if we were to be obedient to the scriptures and, and, and develop this sense of gratitude, and then if we were to love ourselves enough to seek out the benefits of, of being a grateful person, I think that we have to, to find practices that we can implement in our life, disciplines that we can start to put into practice in order to expand our ability to be mindful of all the gifts in our lives, our ability to be grateful for them. So I've got a few things here this morning that, that we might be able to do to, to, to stretch out our, our gratitude quotient, our ability to, to be grateful, to receive creation as a gift from the open hands of a good God. The first one is, it's kind of a cliche, and, and it's kind of obvious, but it's still so powerful. Anyone who's ever done it knows how powerful it is, which is to, to, to write out all of, things that you are grateful for. Get a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil and start writing. There's a real famous book, A Thousand Gifts, where, where this woman um, decides to, to try to live a more grateful life and, and is challenged to write out a thousand things she's thankful for. And at the beginning, she's like, a thousand things seems way too much. I've never written a thousand things of anything before. And, and as she starts writing, she starts realizing, again, it's not, it's not gifts that she lacks. It's the time and intention to pay attention to them. So if I sat down and opened my eyes, I'm not going to run out at a thousand. The only thing I run out of is the time, is the focus. She gets to a thousand gifts in her life and keeps writing. It's unending. It's all around her. Every moment she, she's looking around and seeing all of the good things that that are in her life and giving thanks for them. And, and she finds her life transformed. We, we talked last week about how sharing and, and naming and communicating gifts often increases our joy in them. When we're, we're given a gift and we're grateful for something, when we enjoy something, it's the ability to share that with somebody else, the ability to name it and verbalize it that often cements it in our hearts and in our minds. We need to, to list out our gifts. Maybe we practice saying them out loud, telling people what we're thankful for on a regular basis building these kind of mindful moments where our meditations are pleasing to God when we rejoice in him, where maybe in the morning we, we start our day by taking inventory and stock of all the things that we're thankful for. And, and in the evening before we go to bed, we take inventory and stock of all the things that we're grateful for. Maybe throughout the day, we, we build in you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes there to just stop and slow down and regain that sense of wonder and, and receive everything that life has as gift as a creature. So list out your gifts. I mean, I, mean, I mean, really be intentional about naming them. When you start seeking out things to, to, to name as gifts, you start recognizing more of them. 
and, and you start building into habit this kind of mindfulness of, of living with this, this kind of attention towards recognizing all the good things that God has for you. List out um, all the, the things you're grateful for. Um, the second one, um, a, a discipline I think we could practice that would, would change our, our gratitude quotient, our ability to receive um, God's gifts with so much gratefulness, would be to, to create a generous narrative. So, so we all live in a story. We all tell ourselves a story. Um, we, we all understand ourselves to be in a story. And, and so if that story is that you are here to make a lot of money, um, then you kind of understand everything around you in terms of that, right? And is that going to help me make money or not help me make money? Or is that going to be in the way of me making money? Um, if you understand your story as, as someone who's persecuted and oppressed and the underdog, then, then you might focus and, and kind of um, just spend all your time thinking about all the people who have sided you and who have herded you and have stood in your way. We, we tell ourselves stories to, to make sense of the things that are happening to us, to make sense of the people that we are. And, and here's the beautiful thing. So often we, we end up with a self-talk that's so negative, where everything is a complaint and, and we're just whining about everything. We're unable to be grateful for even the good stuff in our lives. And, and the amazing thing is we actually have the ability to create a new story. I mean, to, to, to choose to live in a different story. I'll give you an example. Um, I was at the doctor's office a few weeks ago. I've, I've had insomnia since I was a little kid. And, and so I'm, I'm working on that. And, um, you know, so for me to go to sleep, I've, I've got to practice real good sleep hygiene and I've got to commit to it. And, and, and the thing about it is if I commit to getting a good night's sleep and then I'm not able to sleep, I get really frustrated because I could be working. You know, I'm one of those weird people that like from, from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. in the morning, sometimes I get my best work done. It's, no one's there to distract me or for me to be distracted by. And, but if I, if I work or I'm thinking about work, right, I'll never be able to fall asleep. So I've got to commit one way or the other. Am I going to stay up tonight because I know I'm probably going to sleep? And am I going to be productive? Or am I going to go for this thing and then it, it might end up with me just laying there for a couple hours unable to work? And, and I was talking to him and, and I was like, it's just so maddening. Like it makes me not want to try because I just feel like I'm wasting so much time. And he goes, what story is that? Who, who's telling you that? He said, change that. I said, I don't know what you want me to change. The facts seem pretty, pretty basic here. He says, how about this story? I mean, would you be grateful for wasting those couple hours, as you put it, if in two years you were able to sleep eight hours a night and, and be rested and, and, and you got your sleep cycle like back to, to normal, back to rhythm? Would that be a worthy trade for you? I'm like, well, yeah. It's like, tell that story to yourself when you're sitting there, Right? Yeah, you got three hours where maybe you could have been more productive. But guess what? If, if you commit to this, you might have years of productivity that you otherwise would have missed. And you might be able to not just sit there in disappointment and anger and, and frustration. So just change the narrative. Who's forcing you to think that about the situation? Can you not think about it in a different way? Can you, can you not reframe the story that you're living in there? Or, or, I mean, there's, there's so many other examples of this. Uh, uh, I bring up the insomnia one. You know, it's amazing, I think, sometimes what we're able to complain about that other people would be so thankful for, right? But we're like, oh my gosh, that third vacation house, right? It's just never going to be done being finished. And other people are like, you're complaining about the, I don't understand. That sounds amazing to me. I think we all have our little versions of that, though. Things that other people would be so thankful for that we somehow find ways to just be really upset about. You know, this evening, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Siena. I was invited to, to MC this drug and alcohol 
uh, a panel for, for teens. And there's a six-time gold medal Olympian coming in. He's like the keynote speaker. And so I get to hang out with him tonight and, and, and do this ministry event with him. And, and I woke up this morning and I thought of, you know, what's going on today. And, and usually, you know, at the church, I'm, I'm tired. I like to take a nap and kind of refresh on Sunday nights. And I was like, oh, I have to go do this big public event. I've got to be really on for this. There's going to be a lot of people there. And I would go, oh, my life is awful. Goodness, I should have never said yes to this. They're going to pay me to go hang out with an Olympian? Oh my gosh. How bad could life get? And then there's this instinct there, right? This voice saying, change the narrative. Why are you going to choose to live in that, that really awful, cruddy narrative? Why don't you just, I mean, one little difference. What a blessing is that, right? I mean, I mean, so many people don't get to do things like that. So many people don't get to, to meet people like that. So many, I mean, I've never done anything like that. I mean, it's a gift. It's, it could be something that you look forward to, that you give thanks for. You know, or walking my dog, it, it can be an inconvenience. It can be something to, to check off again on my way to do something more important. Or it can be a time to, to, to enjoy his joy. You know, for, so for my dog, when he goes outside, it's not just to go to the restroom. Um, you know, he will hold it in inside out of politeness, for the family's rules. Um, but if his bladder hurts for too long, he, it doesn't matter to him. Um, he goes outside because he loves being outside. I mean, at any point you can say, hey, you want outside? And he starts bounding up and down and going crazy. When he's not outside, he's either sleeping on somebody or he's, he's laying like a cat on the couch, looking out the window, just staring outside. Like how great would it be to be out there right now? Because the whole world for him is, is this adventure. Is, is fascinating. There's all these smells and sounds and kids to meet and other animals to chase after and look at. And it's all this, this beautiful thing for him. And so I, I can take him out and I can be annoyed by that and be like, look, just do your business. I got to shove you back inside and, and get on to the next thing. Or I can slow down with him and go, wow, yeah, this is actually amazing. And yeah, that, I mean, that little moment, the kid came over and, 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 and found some joy hanging out with, with River. I mean, that brought joy to me. And I can feel the sun on my body and, and, and hear the birds and, and be grateful. I can change the narrative. How many things in our lives have, have we just used our imaginations wrongly? You know, our imaginations will determine what we experience. And, and when we look at it in our lives and, and the things that, that we're listening to and, and telling ourselves, we, we need to, to, to take control of our imaginations and use them to develop generosity and, and gratitude. If we, we change the narrative, I think we, we can find gratitude in all kinds of things that we might otherwise just roll right past. So list out your gifts, create a generous narrative, then rest. Take a Sabbath. This, the scriptures say once a week, you've got to stop everything that you're doing and not do anything. Um, one of the, the things that will happen if you do this is, is you'll start to just inherently develop some gratefulness. One, because you're being forced to slow down and think, and, and, and hopefully you're thinking about the things you're grateful for, not focusing on the things that you're, you're ungrateful for. And two, you realize that you know, the whole point of the Sabbath is that you and your work are not the most important thing to your life or to the world. The most important thing is God's provision for you and for the world. So yeah, work six days and then sit down 
and realize that you can, you can plant all you want, but if the rain doesn't come, it doesn't mean anything. At the end of the day, you are ultimately dependent on God, and your life consists of, of worship to him. So, so we rest. I think we, we've got to rest. I think we've also got to play. I mean, how sad is it that there, there are some adults that as they grow up, they lose the ability to play. They lose their ability to find joy in, in everyday, simple, silly things. I mean, if you were there yesterday, Chris Laroon had face paint on every inch of his body. I mean, it was embarrassing, to be sure. Anyone who knows Chris, or is there, say, right? You can see the joy, though, right? And it's this ability to, to look at what, what's in front of you and say, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to play around with this. Why waste this moment? Why waste these seconds? Why waste these people? Why waste this day? Or you, or you can find, I think we've all probably seen this, someone who, you know, is, is very curmudgeon and, and kind of just kind of very serious and professional and business-like, and, and then you give them their grandchild, and all of a sudden they start acting like a toddler themselves. And you can see the joy in their eyes. You see the light just fill up their entire bodies as they play like a toddler. We've got to make sure that, that we're resting, and we've got to make sure that, that we're playing. We're able to just appreciate the little things in life and, and just have fun with them. And the last one I've got first this morning, list out our gifts, um, create the narrative, rest, play, and then be generous. There's something about being generous that, that helps us understand how blessed that we are, that helps us to build um, um, gratefulness in our own life. I mean, first of all, to give, we, we have to take inventory and realize how much we have and what we've been blessed with, whether it be time or, or skills and talents or, or financial resources. And then two, when we're generous, we're, we're often looking at the world around us and, and instead of caving in on ourselves, we're seeing other people and their needs and, 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 and our gratefulness quotient builds and it grows and the muscle gets stronger and it gets more flexible and it stretches out and we're able to, to receive more gifts from God. We're able to say, when you open up your hand, we're filled with good things. So this week, I, I, I would encourage us to, to, to maybe think through some of these practices, maybe think through some of the things we can start doing with, with our children, with our families. I mean, this is the tradition of, of praying at meals. It comes from this, right? Be mindful of the food that you have. And, and it comes from a, a past where food wasn't always guaranteed to you. Particularly good food. I mean, if you had wine in front of you, if you had nice food in front of you, it might have been the, the one or two or three times a year that you had that. And so, yeah, you, you said a big prayer. And you didn't just dive in and eat it without thinking. I mean, you're like, let's stop and take Instagram pictures and just appreciate what's in front of us. This is amazing. But, I mean, we're so used to great food that it's a hassle in the way of our life. And we eat it without thinking about it and move on with our days. And, and even the idea of saying grace can become something to complain about. Like, ah, this is going to take even longer, right? Instead of, no, stop. Let's turn the TV off while we're eating. Let's, let's stop working while we're eating. Let's just think about the food. Let's think about who was involved making it. All, all the different hands that were involved getting it to us. Let's think about the gift 
from God that it's in front of us right now. Let's focus and savor and enjoy the flavors. Let's, let's focus and enjoy the, the life and energy and strength that it's giving us. Let's think about how we might use that energy and strength and vitality in the world to, to continue to bless other people with our blessings. What, what are the, the different things in our lives? What, what are some of the practices? What are some of the ways that we can open up our eyes to the everyday things around us and once again, see all of creation as a gift from God? And maybe we'll be able to write a psalm like 104 here where we can look out and, and name very specific, very particular things and say, what a gift. What a gift. And I'll sing my whole life. I'll do nothing but praise God for for the miracle of everything that's around me. Will you pray with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for this time together. I thank you for not only the gifts that you've given us, but the fact that you've built into us blessings that go along when we're able to recognize these gifts, the, the peace and satisfaction and contentment and joy that we receive when we live lives uh, as, as grateful people, when we live lives um, attuned and in, in touch with the wonder and amazement of the world around us. I pray, Father, that you would continue to open up our eyes to your good gifts. It's not that we lack your good gifts, Father. It's, it's that sometimes we just don't notice and name them. Increase our ability to see and appreciate the good gifts that have come from your open hand. We love you and we praise you. It's in the name of your son that we all said, amen. We'll now come practice communion here at First Calling Christian Church. Uh, we, do, we do this every Sunday as an um, act of obedience and, and celebration and worship uh, as we come and remember um, the sacrifice of Jesus uh, on our behalf and, and, and worship him. Uh, you don't have to be a member of our congregation to, to participate. Uh, all who are here and who wish to come to the table are welcome with us this morning. So we'll pray and then everyone will be invited up. The right posture at the table is posture of gratitude, gratefulness for our our God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, gratefulness for the forgiveness of sins that we have received through Jesus' death on the cross, grateful for the victory over death, which we've received through his resurrection from the grave, and grateful for the, the promise and hope that we have in him that one day all things will be made new. We pray for us, Bob.